I was reading into that Dutch farmer protest. If you Google Dutch farmer protest, the first three pages you get are talking about how it's a conspiracy theory and they're not really closing the farms. They call it misinformation. But then I found a BBC article. It says why Dutch farmers are protesting over emissions cut, uh, emissions cuts, right? And it's actually telling the truth <laughs> for a change. <laughs> so it says the Dutch government proposal for tackling nitrogen emissions indicate a radical cut in livestock. They estimate that 11,200 farms will have to close and another 17,600 farm farmers will have to significantly reduce their livestock. Other proposals include a reduction in intensive farming and the conversion to sustainable green farms. Oh, there's another good paragraph here. The cabinet has allocated 25 billion euros to slicing nitrogen emissions within the farming industry by when? 2030. The targets for specific areas and provinces have been laid out in a color-coded map. So how interesting, eh? The target is 2030. I wonder why. But hold on. I thought you said that's just a conspiracy theory. Yeah, that's what Google tells me when I search for it. They have a bunch of fact-checking websites saying it's a, it's a conspiracy. It's not real. It's misinformation. So how far did you have to go to get that actual article? Uh, so I searched Dutch government farms, and then I got the BBC article on the first page. Don't search for protests because then you get all the fact-check pages. Yeah, so the BBC is talking about it, and they have a link to the uh, where it, it talks about 11,000 farms who have to close. That's a link. And then when you click on that, it takes you to the Dutch government website. And then I copied the paragraph because it's all in, in Dutch, of course, or whatever language this is. Uh, and I put it on Google Translate, and it says... Our country faces a far-reaching task when it comes to improving our nature, climate, and water quality. The indicative nitrogen reduction targets require action from the industry, construction, mobility, and agriculture sections, as soon as possible in each area. The task for agriculture is particularly huge. It's particularly huge. That's a shitty translation. This requires agriculture entrepreneurs to accelerate the transition to circular agriculture, whatever circular means in this context, uh, in 2030. We want to support agriculture and horticulture in a targeted manner to go through this necessary change and come out of it stronger. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think they will come out of it stronger. They will come out of it just like Sri Lanka is coming out of it like with uh, famine. Interesting choice of words. They say circular, which is straight out of the WEF UN 2030 playbook. That's right. So they're, they're real big on this whole concept of circular economy they keep repeating. So that's basically what they're going for. I was interested on why they're targeting uh, Holland, right? Why them? And it turns out they've been protesting since 2019, that these farmers. Because, see, like, they, they've been trying to take them down for a long time. And it turns out that Holland produces a lot of food for Europe. And that's why their emissions are higher, right? Because they have all this livestock. And 
they export a lot of it to Europe. So if Holland all of a sudden stops exporting in the same level they are exporting now, what happens to Europe, right? How much would this cost that this green agenda of uh, of the UN, right? Yeah, it's going to have a ripple Nobody effect. Nobody stops to think about that. <laughs> like, we are just going to do it and hope for the best, I guess. Well, this is where you really have to ponder how much of this is really sinister to begin with. Because like we were talking about last time, um, you can look at these agendas and then maybe your, your takeaway will be that these are all great things, right? You can go to Canada.ca and you can look at their own page where they talked about joining the 2030 agenda that happened under Harper in 2015, right? And 192 yeah. some odd other countries all signed on uh, as well. These events are all part of those SDGs. So you got your climate action in there, you got energy in there, you got the whole hunger thing in there. When you look at it at a surface level, no one's going to say, well, I don't want any of these things, right? They all sound yeah. great. Of course they sound great. That's kind of the point. That's why I guess at some point you have people are just eager to dismiss concerns about them as conspiracy theories, because at some point you do just start sounding crazy, right? Because it's just so huge. But at what point do you stop and, and say, look, it's just too many coincidences one after another for this to just be all well-intentioned as they want everybody to believe? So according to a website called DutchReview.com, the Netherlands is the second largest food exporter in the world. Groundbreaking innovations around every corner. The Dutch are renowned for their agriculture prog uh, progress, but the looming climate crisis is an ever-present topic influencing the agriculture sector. And the Netherlands is no exception. So uh, everything that supports human life they are attacking our food sources, right? Our biggest food producers in, in many, many different ways. They attack the farmers, right? First, they take over the seeds. So if you look at Monsanto, they own patents on the seeds. You cannot plant any anything without get, uh, being uh, Monsanto seeds. And they have a patent over it. Uh, they have those, the machines, all the machinery is owned by... Uh, these big companies and they don't allow you to to fix the machines. It was like a big deal uh, a year or two ago. They were talking about that that the farmers they sign a contract and they are not allowed to fix the machines. If the machine breaks down, you have to bring it to the dealer, and they charge like a fortune to fix some software error that the farmer could fix himself, but he cannot fix it because it would break the warranty. And now they want to automate the machinery. So it's a, an autonomous uh, machinery. You don't need humans anymore. So, well, you don't need the humans. <laughs> you don't need the farmers. So they want to make everything automated. And being a farmer, it's very difficult. And there's no incentive for being a farmer. You have a lot of hard work. People don't recognize you. Uh and the government even less. <laughs> you have all these difficulties, like I, I mentioned, the seeds, the, the, the machinery. And on top of that, they now want to cut how much you can produce. So why would anybody get into that, into that business now, right? I don't see why anybody would want to be a farmer now, right? 
So what happens is they drive these people out of work and then they all of a sudden they cannot pay their bills anymore and their land goes for sale. And who's right there to buy the land? <laughs> the government or some rich asshole like Bill Gates. So now the government owns all the land. They own all the food production. And when it's not the government, it's somebody like Bill Gates, which is pretty much the government as well. It's very coincidentally always the small businesses, the small farmers, the independent. Yeah. Yep. And uh, people don't think that's strange. These things always happen the same way. You're going to say, like, you're going to have people saying, oh, this stuff is, go is going to happen. Look at all the signs. Look at all the, the little signs that they give us every once in a while, right? The government and the media, they put out these little things here and there to alert us. And then people that have a brain, they start like speculating, right? Uh, you see, oh, there is a section in the grocery store for uh, uh, like vegan food. Right? And what do you have in there? You have you have uh, plant-based sausages, plant-based like this and that. Like you have all the uh, the uh, like the copies of like real food in uh, vegan form, right? <laughs> Which is kind kind of kind of funny. Like you are a vegan and you are eating like uh, an imitation of a sausage. <laughs> It's because it's made with plants. Uh, anyways, but people look at these things and then you have these little articles every once in a while uh, talking about how eating insects is, is, is nice and it, it's good for the environment, right? And then things start to get serious and you see this kind of stuff on the World Economic Forum. They're talking about people eating bugs and how eating bugs is a good thing for everyone and it's not that bad and people in the third world they eat bugs so everyone should be eating bugs and then things get even more serious when the canadian government is investing like billions of dollars in uh bug production facilities right so when people are starting actually eating bugs all these people that said it was a conspiracy theory they would be saying Oh, I always knew this was this was going to happen. Like, uh, what are you talking about, right? The, the same thing happened with the vaccine passport. Like, you people would say uh, they will come out with a vaccine and there will be a vaccine passport, and everyone would say uh, stop spreading misinformation. Like, there's the government will never do that. That's a conspiracy theory. You're crazy. You're a crazy person. And then the vaccine passport comes out. Everyone instantly accepts it, and then they start saying, uh, why aren't you complying? Why don't you go take your vaccine and, and have your vaccine passport? Like, Stop being so selfish, right? And I always knew the vaccine passport was coming. <laughs> like, They pretend that they, they didn't like completely dismiss the idea like one month ago, right? Yeah, and really, it's, it's these, always the same. There are things that have been in the works for a long time, and they just kind of got rebranded to get implemented conveniently as a response to this so-called crisis, right? And it's always the same 
playbook of uh, problem reaction solution. And it just plays out over and over again. And people kind of react in the same way every single time. Isn't it amazing how their first reaction is to dismiss, right? It, it, they First they dismiss, right? And then when right. they're proven wrong, instead of saying, oh, oh shit, yeah, you were right. Like they did have this plan to make us do this thing and we are doing it. No, they go, oh, why aren't you doing this thing that the government is requesting from you? Yeah, they've had these digital ID uh, schemes in the works since at least 2017, 2018. And you can go read about it on the Government of Canada website. 2017, they, I, yeah. I saw. They talk about how they are partnering up with the World Economic Forum and they're doing this pilot program in the airports. And, and then they had an updated sort of uh, document just recently in 2022, which re again referenced that same sort of thing, but it was in a more expanded scope um, given all of the events of the last two years. And it's just, it's all there. It's all on the official government website. It's not... You know, it, it, it's not conjecture or speculation. This is playing out in real time. And people dismissed it all and ridiculed everybody that would point it out as a conspiracy theorist, but it's been there the entire time, right? We're talking about Canada.ca. All the official stuff hasn't been hidden. And there's even been some mainstream media sources that have actually reported on that stuff back in 2017, 2018. I think I saw one on Global News talking about the KTDI. That wasn't hidden. It's just people don't really pay attention to what's going on. They forget all about it. And then when you point it out, for some reason, it has to be a conspiracy theory. The government would never do this. It's fueled say. by social media because all these bots yeah. come out with the same kind of co comments, sort of nudging people in a particular direction. Um, but it's it's not a conspiracy or a theory. It's just what's happening. And they told everyone that they're doing that. They're very open and public about it. They did, it wasn't behind closed doors. It wasn't some secret meeting. It wasn't some shady, shadowy thing. It was all there. It's just the problem is most of us haven't had any opportunity whatsoever to have a say in the matter. Most Canadians haven't had a say in the matter. So they keep being told how they live in some wonderful liberal Western democracy, and they never explain what the hell that is even supposed to mean. They just kind of let you assume the things that pop in your head when they say those words even though it doesn't line up with reality, you look around and you're actually living in like a completely authoritarian, totalitarian regime, no accountability whatsoever, just a massive bureaucracy out of control, doing whatever the hell it wants, doesn't have to follow its own laws and nothing happens. No one has to answer any questions. And you just keep going along believing this story that they tell you. Oh yeah, our democracy, our democracy. What democracy? Where is it? Show it. Oh, you could just yeah. run for office. No, you can't. I think in their heads, the democracy is being able to vote for some clown. That's the scope of democracy in their heads. It's very hard to see a positive outcome the way things go, because we're just in a never ending loop of people thinking that they can vote their way out of this system, which got them what we got. Oh, let's Their vote. solution is to do what they've been doing for millennia, right? <laughs> but even within your own lifetime, you can see that it's not been working, that it's been the same thing, no matter which team, they always think they're going to vote their guy in there, then everything is going to change. And has anything changed? No, it's been going in the same direction, year after year after year, generation after generation, it's only ever went in one direction. And now we're at a okay. point where we have these, these so-called conservative clowns that signed us onto Agenda 2030. That was Harper, 2015. And now everyone's saying that same party 
is going to get us out of all this shit. Like we're going to vote PP in and he is going to get everybody freedom. It's just so bloody absurd. But the point is they're all subservient to the same underlying forces. And this other guy is not going to come in there and defile that. He kind of makes uh, a and little effort, right? <laughs> like he, he makes a show of saying, oh yeah, I'm, I'm against the, the World Economic Forum, blah, blah, blah. Okay, first of all, never believe anything that a freaking politician says, especially yeah. one who's trying to get your vote. They'll say anything and they have zero obligation to actually follow through. There are no consequences whatsoever for them, aside from not being reelected. But who the fuck cares? Because they got their pension, they got all this money and power and all that. So he tells you that he's against the World Economic Forum, but then he doesn't tell you anything about his campaign manager, Baird, who is literally a World Economic Forum young global leader. Yes. Okay, so if you're against the World Economic Forum, but your freaking campaign manager is World Economic Forum, that's a little wee bit of a conflict, don't you think? That's a little weird. And, and <laughs> you know, and, and all of these people advocating for it who are allegedly dissidents and freedom fighters and what have you. Um, they and, all ignore that little annoying fact. But when right? you point it out, they get mad. They don't say, oh, that's weird. You know you know what? Let me go check that. What the hell's going on here? No, 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 no. They release they the army of, of supporters on you. They just right? accuse you of being someone from the other side of the aisle and you must be a liberal or some crap. You're um, a fad. They, you're a right? shill. You're a sheep. You're this, you're that. They don't want to face the fact that he is actually under the, the WEF, right? Yep. So it is the party that signed us onto this. And they're still being managed by those same people who are there to accelerate that same agenda. And you don't think that that's kind of a concern that should be, I don't know, adequately addressed somehow? So if if you push these people hard enough, right, they will come to a point that they will tell you, yeah, but yeah, I, I know about all these things, but what can you do? Like, yeah. What other option do we have? Right. Because I, I did that. Like I have a friend, really good friend of mine. And uh, he actually like he stopped replying to my messages when it when it's about politics. <laughs> I think I told you about it already, but he said that he wants to keep his mental health. And I understand that. Um, but. I keep I keep sending him messages because I I want him to be informed because I I care about him, right? Uh, so even if he doesn't answer, I still want him to take a look at the things that I'm sending him. Uh, and I had a conversation to bring it back to the topic. I I had a conversation with him, and I was telling him about PP and how voting for PP is not gonna it's not gonna make any difference. Uh. And then we talked a lot and then he said, oh, yeah, but what can we do? Like we are part, we are living the system and we are part of the system and we have nothing else better to do. We just have to vote for the worst, like the least uh, terrible option. And I said, no, you don't. That's what they want you to think. Like you don't have to participate in this uh, charade, right? You don't have to participate in this corrupt system, but it doesn't, it doesn't compute, man. I don't know. Well, I think a big part of the problem is that these issues are so big and facing the fact that we are in that situation is just too much. It's too big. It's too hard. It's too scary because what you're honestly, you've been told your whole life that you can just, you're, you're in this amazing uh, freedom machine. 
that is democracy and you could just, you don't like something, you can vote it out and replace it with something better, right? That's what you're yeah. told your, your entire life. So facing that that is not really quite as advertised um, is a tough pill to swallow. And then your inevitable response is just as you said, what's your solution? What are we supposed to do then? And honestly, there's no good, easy soundbite kind of answer to that question because it's such a kind of existential it's such a thing. gigantic yeah. Beach. Yeah. So I think that the best sort of immediate thing is just to look more inward, except that it's going to take some more personal responsibility in everyday stuff and everything because you can't take a gigantic centralized bureaucracy and then fix the problems that that has yielded with another gigantic centralized bureaucracy. So you can put your guy left or right, however you want to characterize it. I, as we got into in the other episode, that's, that's all bogus, but people get sucked into it either way. So whichever side, in the end, you have the same structure there. So the fundamental issues are not really addressed. So you're just leveraging this state against the people that you don't like, but now your guy is in. So it's all good because your guy can do the abusing. He won't, abu he won't abuse you. He'll just abuse who you think are the, the others. And it just goes back and forth like this forever and keeps mm -hmm. growing, right? So you can't keep doing that if you don't want to have more of that at the end of the day. The, the answer has to be something more decentralized and more individualistic. And you can't get around the fact that something that's more individualistic is necessarily gonna entail some more individual responsibility and not having this gigantic bureaucratic structure that takes care of everything. There's always two sides to that, right? So you have to face that and there's not gonna be any kind of easy way to being used to living your entire life in this structure, in this system, and then just flip it off and dissolve it and everything will just magically be fine. So of course not. It's not, we don't live in, in that kind of fantasy reality. Yeah. There's a lot of big challenges. But the thing is, is you have to start thinking about that and having those conversations and figuring out, okay, what can I take on? What can I do right now that's going to be a meaningful step in the right direction? It doesn't have to fix everything overnight, but something like just getting into gardening can go a long way to not be as dependent on the grocery store. There's a whole bunch of little things you can start just going in that direction. And yeah, that's, that's uh, it's not going to give you a solution to, okay, we're going to put this guy in there and all our problems are going to go away. Yeah. How about you start in, instead of putting some clown in the federal government <laughs> exactly. and, and, and hope that that guy, which is like far removed from any semblance of, of reality of your reality because th those people live in a different reality than you don't go don't be fooled like they <laughs> their lives are nothing like yours right they don't have to deal with with the the day-to-day -day. you you do like you have to work so you can eat and have a, a roof over your head like they don't have to do that they're career politicians like they just have to exist and lie Every single waking time, every single waking minute, that's how they make money. That's how they survive, right? So how about instead of voting for a clown like that, how about you start changing things on your own life? So how about you start assuming some responsibility instead of outsourcing your responsibility to the government? How about you get your parents that are on the fucking uh, nursing home and you bring them inside and you take care of your own parents? Right? How about you get your kids and you take care of your own kids? Don't put your kids on daycare to to be raised by the government, right? 
So those how about are- you have your own food source? How about you, you instead of planting grass on your backyard, how about you have a, a, a garden where you can plant some food? Like doesn't matter how little it is, like just just the experience of planting something and growing food, right? It's it's a very valuable thing to learn, right? How about you have some chickens? If if your region allows you to have backyard chickens, how about you have some chickens, right? It's it's all about being like the, uh, it's it's all about detaching from this massive federal government that regulates every single aspect of your life, right? But people don't want to do that because that's too much work. Like, oh, taking care of my aging parents. I'm not gonna do that. Like, I'm just gonna put them in a house where some nurse will take care of them, right? Taking care of my kids? Fuck no. <laughs> like, you could see, man. Like, when when uh, the lockdown started and they closed down the schools and people had to actually take care of their kids, I had people at work like complaining a lot <laughs> that they couldn't stand their own kids and uh, the government. They have entrenched themselves in such a way in our lives that it's it is very very hard to to detach from it, right? And it's it's easy for me to say, oh, don't put your kids on daycare, and then uh, how are you gonna pay for rent now? Because if if your kids are not in daycare, your wife can't work, right? Because she has to stay home taking care of the kids, so you're not gonna make ends meet anymore. Because you need a two uh, two income, you need two income to to sustain your family, right? But who created that situation? Was it you or was it the government? Who made things so expensive that you need your wife working away at some shitty, like a uh, uh, minion uh, job just to be able to pay rent, right? Who who made it that way? It was the government. <laughs> It was the government, bro. Like all, all, all these fucking regulations and and taxes, and and you need a you need a license for this, you need a license for that. Like all these things, they end up increasing the price of everything, uh, the services, the the products, everything you consume. Everything has the weight of taxes on top of it, right? So it's such a big problem, but if if we can offer some solution, and I I don't know if you can, you can even call that a solution, is is to try to be more independent, try to get away from the government a little bit. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're either going to be more dependent or you're going to be less dependent, and that increased dependency always ends up being leveraged. It always ends up being abused. It always ends up becoming more and more entrenched, like you're saying, and that's just has a ripple out effect into everything. And then the next thing you know, you can hardly do anything without the government meddling in every aspect of your life, right? We didn't yeah. get here overnight. This it was one little encroachment at a time that happened over and over throughout our entire lives. And then when you look generationally, think about our grandparents, what kind of lives that they led at the time, and then our parents, and then our lives, and then the current generation coming in as kids. It's a stark difference from each generation to each generation as to how much government overreach and encroachment there is 
the loss of liberty that comes along with it that people just kind of accept because they're born into it. And there's always an argument made about how it's so much better because it's convenient or it's safer. You have this appearance of safety for whatever which reason. So right now we're living through a sort of safety angle in terms of pandemic and virus and health and biosecurity. So there's a new paradigm around that. But it's the Mm -hmm. same playbook that we've seen play out over and over again. So this time it turned out to be that. And the paradigm is one of more of a biosecurity state. But in the previous uh, iteration, we saw 9-11 and then it was all about that terrorism. So we had all this security theater that came in and changed everything, the Patriot Act, all that stuff, all these unprecedented encroachments that people just forgot all about which set the stage to be built upon to build into what we're now living through today. And it just keeps going in the same direction. That doesn't lead to a place of more freedom, whether you've got uh, Trudeau or Pipi, right? That's the thing that people don't get because those structures have continued to build and grow and increase. It doesn't matter who it is. He's not going to come in here and undo all that. I mean, he can't really. So what is the solution if the solution isn't some political action through a new leader. Well, it has to be something more local. It has to start with you, yeah. right? We try that every four years with a new prime minister. It never works. It cannot be like the solution cannot be that because we try that every time and every time we get uh, nothing. Things always keep going the same direction. So Dif- it's not the solution is not that. So if if we cannot collectively have some kind of power to change things, what's the the other alternative? Is to change yourself, change your immediate location. I don't know how to put that. Uh, like you said, locally, right? What's well, the one thing that you have some? That's the one thing you have power, right? It's the one thing you can do. Yeah, it's the one thing you have some measure of control over, as opposed to little to no control over. So we love to go online, get on Facebook or Twitter or whichever it is, and then complain about things, complain about the other guy, this, that, and the other. But that doesn't really do anything at the end of the day, right? And the one thing yeah. that you can do is the things that you can do, which are close to you. So even if that's something that's really simple, like just planting something new, that's still a step in the right direction. It doesn't have to fix everything instantly overnight. Yeah. But anyways, we should uh, move on to some of the topics that we have for today. You mentioned something good that maybe we can use it as a, as a segue. You said we have these crises and they are used to advance this agenda, this uh, anti-human agenda, right? And it seems like one of the crises that we are seeing right now is this Ukraine stuff. Yeah. So before we get into all of that, let's touch on some Clown Planet updates. The first thing being that Sam Harris clip. Uh, anyone listening has probably <laughs> seen that making the rounds. Um, Sam Harris is kind of like a academic, intellectual, public figure. and Former intellectual, former, dark web for a member. <laughs> former intellectual. And so he made a really kind of shocking statement about child corpses in the basement being okay if <laughs> it's on the right side, basically, is what he said. So I guess we should play the clip and... Uh, see what people think about that. I think he said he doesn't care that uh, Hunter Biden has corpses, like uh, child corpses. Yeah, so he was saying like, even if Hunter did have child corpses in his basement, then he would be okay with that. Because it's Hunter and it's not Biden. Like He's trying to say that Hunter Biden has nothing to do with Biden, right? 
No, no. I think the point that he was driving home was that it would be okay because it was all to the end of keeping Trump out. As long as it kept Trump out, then any such things would be justifiable. Was kind of the oh, vibe. that's that's what he meant. Oh shit, that's even worse than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I took away from it. So we should play the clip and then let people make yeah. up their own minds about what he was saying there. But for somebody of his stature in position to say something like that, it's pretty staggering. So he says, if Hunter Biden would have had the corpses of children in his basement, I wouldn't have cared. Like right off the bat. Wow. I mean, Hunter Biden at that point, Hunter Biden literally could have had had the corpses of children in his basement, I would not have cared, right? It's like, it's, there's nothing. First of all, it's Hunter Biden, right? It's not, it's like, it's not Joe Biden, but even if Joe, like even the, whatever scope of Joe Biden's corruption is, like if, you, if we could just go down that rabbit hole endlessly and, and understand that he's getting kickbacks from Hunter Biden's deals in Ukraine or wherever else, right? Or China, it is infinitesimal compared to the corruption we know Trump is involved in. It's like, it's like, it's like a firefly to the sun, right? I mean, like, there's just, it doesn't, even, it doesn't even stack up against Trump University, right? Trump University as a story is worse than anything that could be in, in Hunter Biden's laptop, in my view, right? Now that's not, that doesn't answer the people who say it's still completely unfair to not have looked at the laptop in a timely way and to have shut down the, you know, the New York Post's Twitter account. Like that, that's a, just a conspiracy, that's a left-wing conspiracy to deny the presidency to Donald Trump. Absolutely it was, absolutely, right? But I think it was warranted, right? And, I'm, and again, it's a coin toss as to whether or not- Sam, I'm sorry. That particular piece I'm, I'm really is, yeah. sorry. I, I was the one that said we should move yeah, on, yeah. but you've just oh, said yeah. something I really struggle Go with there, which is the you kid, the, support- kid, the, kid, the kids in the basement? You, no, no, <laughs> fuck the kids in the basement. I'm interested yeah. in democracy. You're saying you are content with a left-wing conspiracy to prevent somebody being democratically re-elected as president. Well, no, I'm, I'm content. Well, so it's, but the thing is, it's just not left-wing, right? So Liz Cheney is not left-wing, right? Liz Cheney You're is doing everything in her power. You're content with a conspiracy to prevent somebody no, being but democratically it's not elected. A, no, but there's nothing, conspiracy, it's not, it, it was a conspiracy out in the open, it does, but it doesn't matter if it was, a, it doesn't matter what part's conspiracy, what part's out in the open. I mean, I think it's like, if people get together and talk, and talk about what should we do with, about this phenomenon, you know, if, if it's like, if there, if there was an asteroid hurtling toward Earth and, and we got in a room together, with all of our friends and had a conversation about what we could do to deflect its course, right? Is that a conspiracy? Well, first of all, that guy, the interviewing, the, the, the interviewer saying he doesn't care about the kids in the basement because he cares about democracy. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, let's, it doesn't make sense because he says, I don't care what, was in the laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop, like nothing that could be on that laptop is worse than Trump's corruption. Really? Like yeah. any like nothing? <laughs> it's like it doesn't make sense. Like you could have some horrific stuff on that laptop that involves uh Biden, right? So uh, he he's saying that Trump is akin to an asteroid hurtling towards the earth and everybody has to come together and do literally anything, whatever is called for, right? That's his analogy. Yes. And so it's just like such a perfect example 
of this entire left-right crap, people become so deranged and sucked into this paradigm. Insane. That they have to, that they will literally overlook any harms by his own word. He said that whatever is on that would be, it wouldn't matter. So It wouldn't matter. Yeah. It could be anything. That's just, I mean, I'm no fan of the orange goblin myself. I'm just saying that's some pretty deranged shit. I have no words, man. That guy, I don't know. And he's supposed to be one of these figures of enlightenment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty horrifying. I don't know what the hell happened to him. That's it's scary, actually, to think that a guy like that would have such a demented position. <laughs> right? And feel that it was it was appropriate to <laughs> say such to things. say it. In, in, an a, in an interview. He was totally yeah. comfortable. Didn't think anything was off about that at all. And then the interviewer, like you pointed out, that he's he didn't he's like, fuck the kids. Uh but he, even they were kind of like taken back by his position, right? They're like, wait, what? Did he really just yeah. say that? Because <laughs> okay, the interviewer was more concerned about the sort of democracy angle or whatever, because you're saying, Well, you gotta do anything to get the other keep the other side out and against it. Yeah, dem- to be fair, maybe the interviewer was it's not that he doesn't care if if they found dead kids in the basement. Maybe he was just like, "Oh, I don't care about uh, about that uh, that example. I just I mm-hmm. I care about the topic at hand, right? Maybe that's well. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. It sounded a little bit weird. <laughs> it just really highlights where the political discourse is at. It used to be that people could kind of just disagree about stuff have different opinions and then carry on. But now it's just getting so crazy. Like you can't have this opinion. We can't have this other guy got at all costs. You know, it just keeps getting more and more polarized. That's one example of that, right? The Trump uh, derangement syndrome. You have that and you have the people that are pro lockdown, pro vaccine mandate, like no matter what, it doesn't matter what kind of evidence comes out. Uh, they will not change their mind. In any circumstance, right? And you even have people that are are like trying to convince you to deny reality just to fit their worldview. Like you sent you showed me that tweet that tweet of like many, many people saying that Canada had no lockdowns. Like I was like, How what? <laughs> what 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 are you talking about? Like no lockdowns? Like they said, Oh, Canada had no lockdowns, it was merely a, a, an inconvenience. Are you are you high? I think part of it is that they look at what happened in other places like China and then they say, oh, we didn't do exactly what China did. So we didn't have lockdown or something yeah. like that. And a lot of it is is also a sort of revisionist history kind of thing going on, because one of the exchanges I had with one of these uh, uh, he him accounts that was pretty much my polar opposite, right? He was a total advocate of all the measures and pushing the vax and all that stuff, but they were at least willing to engage, right? And then look at uh, look at stuff that I was sharing. So we went back and forth for a little while. And this person was under the impression that the IFR for the Rona was only around 0.2%, but only because of the, the vaccines. He thought that it was much, much higher before. 
before the, and then the vaccines came out, they did their miraculous thing. And then the, the IFR, the infection fatality ratio came down because of that. And then I shared him, I said, look, this world renowned epidemiologist, which did dozens, a meta-analysis review of dozens and dozens of papers that were done all over, the, all around the world and it, and got it peer reviewed and then published and WHO accepted, his work showed an IFR of 0.05 to 0.2 depending on the age stratification. And so he showed this in May of 2020. That was long before any vaccines came out. Yeah. At that time, people were still saying, no, this guy is a quack. And they were censoring him left, right, and center. And then he got published. <laughs> Despite all of the censorship, he kept going and he managed to succeed. And instead of saying, oh, we were wrong about the IFR being 3 5 or 10%, they just pretended they never did that and carried on and and kind of swept it under the rug. And now people have this idea that there's this great success because they brought out these these products and gave it to everybody. And then that's that accounts for the lower IFR. No, actually, that IFR data is not in dispute. That's accepted by the friggin WHO. It doesn't get more official and mainstream than that. The other ones pushing all this crap, right? So it's in there. It's not censored. You can still download it. You can go to who.int or whatever it is. The direct link to that is still on there. It's published. It's accepted. It's not a theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's not, it's not denialism. It's not minimizing COVID. That's their data, right? And you can do the same thing with pretty much any of the official bodies anywhere in the world, be it Health Canada, the CDC, whichever one you want. You can go look at their official data. And when you break it down by age, you get a more appropriate figure or view as to what the risks, supposed risks are, depending on where you fall within that age cohort and if you have comorbidities or what have you. So, of course, that's still somewhat of a, simpl a simplification, but it gives you something to start with to get some kind of context and, and a good frame of reference to start with. Instead of just saying, oh, everybody is at equal risk and this is a, a new black death and all that. But this guy was still under the impression that it pretty much was a black death up until these uh, miracle mm -hmm. shots came. Out. And it's like, he keeps pushing the jab and this and that. Look, I'm not even gonna argue with you about that. If you wanna, if you wanna advocate for those, then fine, I, I respect that. Just don't, you, you then have to also respect that not everybody is going to be interested in participating in that. Most people did. So you should be happy with that if that's your, your advocacy. Like if you're all gung-ho about that, then you should look at the figures and go, oh, good. You know, 90 whatever percent of people went for it. So that that should satisfy you. He, he actually, you know, to his credit, he was uh, willing to engage in good faith, more or less, as far as I could tell. We made some progress in finding some common ground. But at the end of the day, we kind of still reached an impasse where they still feel like all these restrictions are warranted in spite of everything that we just talked about. And I'm just not, right? Because if you grant that those are warranted, they're always going to contrive some emergency, some excuse, whether there's the data to back it up or not. And even if there is, it's not a foregone conclusion that that's all justifiable because you have to look at all the harms that were obvious and that were very well established and documented by all kinds of large official bodies like UN, UNICEF, governments, Statistics Canada put out a piece in May or April to 2020, very, really early on, and they outlined all of the catastrophic harms, suicides, overdoses, all these things that were up be, as a direct cause of their measures. And they didn't, they didn't hide the fact that it was because of their measures. They were pretty forthcoming about that. It's just something that didn't get very well, very publicized. So again, that's another thing that you can go find. It is published on their government website. You can go read it. But they continued ahead with all of this stuff with full knowledge of the harms. 
So you can't say that they didn't know the harms would be there. They fully knew that all of these harms would be there. So it becomes very difficult to say, oh, well, they just didn't know what would happen or they didn't know enough about the COVID. All these things are untrue. So you you have to, like, if you accept their initial premise that there's a novel virus and it's this and that, then you can't take also their information that is accepted and official according to them and then dismiss it. You have to also take it into account, but they don't do that. They just point out a model and say, oh, well, because of this model, it looks really scary. Then we've got to turn the whole world upside down. Well, yeah, that's the, people have to remember that this whole thing was initially was based on, on models, yeah. right? But what happens? Which never came to fruition. Because like, now the, we're, we're stuck dealing. The numbers dealing. They, they presented to us never really happened, right? I mean, look. Not even can, close. <laughs> you can contrive a whole lot if you want to play around with the numbers after the fact because the measures themselves resulted in increased amount of deaths for all kinds of reasons. And then you have the jabs that rolled out. And even if you want to advocate that they're, they're great and all that, there's always some amount of fallout, no matter how perfect it, it's never perfect, but no matter how good it might be, there's always some fallout from that as well. That's just a fact of reality that nobody can deny. So you can then go look into theirs. And again, if you want to say that it's not a perfect data set for X, Y, Z reasons, fine. But there's still a signal in there. It's not insignificant. It still has some value in terms of the data. But they don't want to do any of that, right? They don't want to consider any of the harms. They just want to keep going on with this fantasy that no harms exist whatsoever. And there can't be any harms. And you're just a denier and a crazy person if you don't go along with this. And that's the crazy position. Like even mainstream media reported on the craziness of all of the masks ending up in the oceans, the environmental impact. I found mainstream media articles reporting on the negative impacts of the development of child, of infants' uh, speech development, right? So, I mean, that's one of these things that are just really obvious common sense kind of things. Like babies need to see faces. You don't need a damn study to tell you that. It's yeah. all there. It's in the literature. It's published in the mainstream media. It's not... Like you don't have to go onto Infowars or uh, the Gateway Pundit or any one of these other like wrong sites. You don't have to go onto that. You can just go on CBC or CNN. Like they they themselves have also reported enough on it that you you cannot say that that's not a thing or that it's not valid or doesn't exist. But people still carry on despite their own sources of information saying these things. They they they're still, still using masks even though yeah. their own people said not. Like that, it's okay not to use them. That <laughs> they're still using it. Like we we went to IKEA today to look for a sofa, and man, <laughs> everybody was using a mask pretty much. Oh, yeah. Like at least seventy five percent of the people. Wow. Using masks. I should say that it's expected because it, the store is within a big city, so it's exp usually the people. And the big cities are more paranoid. So, but it's still shocking to see that well, that's what the same me. people that that were all like up in arms about following the science. You gotta follow the science. Like <laughs> they now, like the science is telling them not that they don't have to use a mask, but they decide to use it anyways. No, their their science doesn't tell them that. That's the thing. If you look at the literature, and most of us aren't going to do this, but of those of us that actually did go look at what's actually published and not just cherry picked the headlines that suited our our preference, you can find like a hundred plus years of literature that doesn't support the notion of masking the entire population in, in response to 
respiratory viral infection epidemics. So there's, there's a large body of peer-reviewed research that does not support that idea. And then there's also uh, uh, many publications since 2020 that have also reinforced that it's not something that you should do. Even the, the pandemic preparedness guides from the WHO itself prior to 2020 specifically recommended against masking everybody for pandemics. So then at that point, this is when they come in and say, oh, but COVID is, is so much different and special and all of this crap. And they can point at, at studies that kind of support their position. So it becomes extremely difficult for a layman to actually make any argument because any argument that you can make, they've got a headline to counter it. They've got a, a cherry-picked talking point that seems to work for them, right? They say, oh, but the first COVID variant killed a lot of people. But we can never tell if those people that died in the beginning, if it was really the virus or not, right? Because you would have to believe the official sources, right? Well, it's like I keep saying, even if you go with the official claims and timeline and entire premise, their own story kind of defeats itself. You have to believe in a bunch of contradictions and things that don't make any sense to keep going with the story because they're telling you that end of November or December 2019, that there was this new thing that was found in China because China said so. There was nothing more than they said so. But they didn't let anybody go into China to investigate, right? China didn't uh, allow investigation. Right. So they just gave some information and said, well, just believe us. And then they stopped reporting uh, data to the international community. But the thing they about it said, that's so crazy is because they came out with this, this PCR spec, which was based on a previous template of the first SARS, which was also itself based on a template from another thing, and it keeps going and going. But again, even if you accept all of that crazy shit as valid and legitimate in actually finding something, which itself is not like a settled science kind of thing, that's there's a lot of debate as to the, the legitimacy and the accuracy of those testing schemes. But again, let's just say those are all perfect. And actually, it's better if you do take that as as correct, because then you can point to, again, their own examples that are self-defeating because they ran PCR on samples that showed SARS-2 positive from way back, further than November or December 2019. So it goes as far back as mid-2019 or even earlier. So they want you to believe that from mid-2019 or possibly even further back than that, that this SARS-2 novel deadly pathogen was just hanging around, right? Because you can look at all the mm -hmm. charts for all-cause mortality trends and, and what have you over the years, and there's nothing, right? You have the 2017-2018 flu pandemic, which was pretty severe. That shows up as a spike in the charts, and then it's back to normal again. And then nothing happened until after Tedros at the WHO said, let there be a pandemic. It was March 11 or so, 2020. So in March 2020, he says, now, now we're in a pandemic. Then you saw these numbers start to spike. Only once these mitigation measures came in, you started to see massive spikes. So it's a combination of the testing scheme ramping up because between December and March, there wasn't really mass testing because it takes a while for these PCR schemes to really ramp up. Massive manufacturing of tests and all of this. So it's really like a big operation. So it doesn't happen overnight. So during that period, there's just no numbers because there isn't the same amount of testing. But we do have the all-cause mortality numbers during those times and nothing changed, right? So say you want to make the argument that, oh, we just didn't have the testing yet, but the virus was, was there killing everybody. 
well, then where the hell's the death, right? It just wasn't there. So they said, let there be a pandemic. Then we had all these measures come in. Then they started sending in sick people into nursing homes. And every place that had one of these massive spring 2020 peaks in death, and there was an unusual departure in death that was sort of not on schedule. That when you look at the all-cause mortality, it always has these peaks that come in regularly. And then in March 2020, you wouldn't have expected a, a peak then. It would have come in later. So then you had this, this unscheduled peak of death that came in, coincidentally, when they sent sick people into nursing homes. So you had uh, Italy and, and New York City and Quebec. And then you look at all these different places, they had numbers that just didn't line up. So certain places had no peak whatsoever, while others had a big peak. And then you have all these sort of confounding variables because from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, you have a variance in policies. They're not all identical, right? Some places went crazy with the ventilator crap. Some places went crazy with sending sick people to nursing homes, other places not as much. So it becomes pretty much impossible to do a kind of objective comparison of the numbers from one place to the next. So you have all kinds of people on, on both sides cherry picking charts that suit their view. So if you want to go into the doomer side, you got no shortage, just endless charts and statistics that appear to support their position, right? And then you come onto the dissident side and you got the same thing. You have endless charts that appear to support our position. So what I'm saying is their story, I didn't have to, to bring in um, 5G or lizards or the virus is fake or viruses are fake or even questioning PCR, which is all kinds of legitimate criticism to be had about PCR, but I didn't have to reach for any of that crazy stuff. I just say the story as you tell it is fine. Okay, take your story and then your story as is, is already bunk, is dead on arrival. And the only way you can make it work is you have to start dismissing and ignoring certain things. Well, oh, well, the PCR that says it's been around since mid 2019 or 2018, that doesn't count. That's bad for X, Y, Z reasons. Okay, right? So then it just keeps going and going. And anytime you point something out, well, that one is no good for whatever bullshit reason. If you apply that same level of scrutiny to the whole story, then the whole friggin' thing falls apart. So then you have to start questioning how they're counting from or with the cycle threshold, all that other stuff. So if you want to get into that, then you can no longer take any of the numbers at face value because they're all suspect. People dying in motorcycle accidents and getting counted as COVID death. There's all kinds of crap like that. So yeah, bit of a tangent there, but you have to believe in, in too many contradictions to go with the official story and now, and they keep changing the goalposts. So now the vaccine is exactly the same thing, right? At the beginning, they said, oh, it's two weeks to flatten the curve. Then they said, well, nah, it's, now it's just stay locked down until there's a vaccine. And when they said that, it was freaking obvious that that was bullshit. But then that came along and oh, well, now it's not stay closed until a vaccine. Now it's you need two doses. They started with, well, if you get a vaccine, then you're gonna, you're not going to get COVID. It's 100% effective, 95% effective. You're, you're not going to get infected. It stops transmission. It stops this, stops that. There's endless clips showing all the top officials saying that it does actually stop you from getting COVID, getting infected, right? And now when you tell people that, they say, oh, it was never, that was never the thing. Oh, yeah. I had I had people telling me that. that and, and not only that, they say uh, vaccines are not supposed to make you immune. <laughs> right. But the thing is, right. is they're actually right when they say that it was never supposed to stop the infection in its tracks. Because when you yes. look at the actual clinical trial data, there's no endpoint that says stop transmission. Right. Their endpoints but that's are not just, what, but that's what not what they, they sold. sold. That's not what they sold the public. Yeah. It's not what like characters like Dr. Fauci and the friggin' news. They went 24 seven for however long, right. Telling everybody this, this lie. And they knew it was a lie because these people have all of this data, right? It's not, 
they, they were not misinformed. They, they knew that they were lying. They knew they were selling you on something that was untrue, but they did it. And then in, in the trial data, it was only um, a risk reduction percentage. And then they went so far as to misconstrue that, right? So these 95% effective uh, figures that they threw around everywhere were based on a relative reduction or a relative risk reduction, not an absolute risk reduction. When you go and look at the absolute risk reduction, you're looking at a figure of 0.8 to 1%. So that's a lot less enticing if you're going to tell somebody, go jab every person on the planet, but you got a 1% reduction in severity of symptoms. They're going to say, fuck off, right? But if you tell them it's 95%, it's 100%, it's so great. Well, sure, <laughs> safe and effective, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is their own trials didn't mark any reduction in all-cause mortality when comparing the two groups. So they really had to contrive the results of those trials to make them look good in order to have that whole thing fly. So there's so much more to say about it. And there's so many, so many issues with it, but they just go with this safe and effective, safe and effective. And they have, of course, their endless contrived studies to show that it's, it's all great. But anybody can see, looking at the numbers, that what they said would happen isn't what, what ended up happening. And they're telling people to get shot after shot after shot. And you look at their charts, like once again, you can't then dismiss all of these numbers based on PCR if you want to believe their whole story. So personally, I'm not a fan of going with cases because it's just so arbitrary that you, you get a positive PCR and you're counted as a case. You could be perfectly healthy or you could be not healthy, but you're impacted by something completely unrelated, right? Or you die but then they just swab your corpse or they've swabbed you within 30 or 60 days and you get a positive, but your, your actual death was for a completely unrelated reason. There's God knows how many of those that are counted, right? So I'm not a fan of looking at cases and PCR-based numbers, but if you're believing the narrative and the story, well, you can't, you can't just dismiss it then. So if you want to believe it, then look at the numbers from 20, 2020 up to 2022, and you're going to see for yourself that 2020 hardly even registers as a blip looking at cases, so-called cases. So apparently you were in an emergency that justified turning the entire fucking world upside down, right? In 2020. Mm -hmm. And that's hardly even registers on the chart now. And then apparently you're no longer in an emergency and it's okay to start taking off your mask and blah, blah, blah. And you look at the numbers during that time period when they're sort of rolling back some of these rules and the numbers are just through the friggin' roof. You have the highest peaks that you've ever seen, right? Again, I mean, PCR, it's crap, but you believe the official story. You cannot then throw out their official numbers based on that, right? So that's a contradiction. It doesn't make any sense. And then they say, well, the, the shots are just working so well, so that's why you can relax measures. Well, again, look at the actual data. If you want to look at cases, you want to look at hospitalizations, you want to look at deaths, the numbers for 2021, 2022 don't look like we should no longer be in an emergency if you agree that 2020 was an emergency. I don't agree that it was an emergency. I don't think any of this should, any of this should have been happening. But if you do think that 2020 was an emergency, then why the hell would you think 2021 and 2022 isn't? Yeah. If the the figures are pretty yeah. much it, it the same work. or worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that's it. But even like, even we talking about this, this way about, oh, the, the numbers don't add up and this vaccine isn't really uh, what they made out made it out to be uh whatever but even that is playing into their game right because that may be interpreted as oh if these things were correct then it would justify 
uh, a pandemic, like the, these lockdowns, which right. is not true, right? It's not right. Like even even if the vaccine was like 100% effective and the numbers made sense, uh, you still couldn't tell somebody to take it or or else or like lose your job or all these consequences. There's a still, fundamental ethical the, the issue. fundamental thing that needs to yeah. be discussed, right? They never talk it, about where does anybody or where how in the world could anybody have such an authority over an entire population to compel them to restrict them and to compel them in such a manner that we've seen and the answer is that they don't have that authority the only thing that holds that up is not actual authority or or law or anything like that it's just the blind obedience of a critical mass of people that do what they're told no matter what and that's it yes and and, this, and, this has- and they know that they know they don't have the authority, so they have to ease things in. So that's why when they started this thing, they didn't tell us, oh, this will last like three, four years. These measures will last four years. They didn't say that. They said it's going to be 15 days and everything will be over after that, right? Because they knew that if they told us what this would take, nobody would go for it. Like people would say, "Oh, fuck off!" Like we're not, we're not gonna do that. Like that's crazy talk, right? So they had to go, uh, like little by little, right? Fifteen days, and then oh, it's just after uh, it's uh, until we can find a vaccine, and now uh, it, it's when everyone gets a vaccine, then we can go back to normal. And then everyone, uh, well, virtually everybody got a vaccine at this point, like ninety, what ninety six percent? You said or ninety eight percent? I don't know. Yeah, depending and on the, the place. And we are still at the same the same place, right? The mandates are still here. Well, they stopped talking about going back to normal altogether. So for the first yeah. months, they, they said, oh, two weeks to flatten the curve, whatever. And they gave the impression that you would just, uh, we'd all just buckle up and then get through it, right? Yeah. So people bought into that idea because it was made to sound somehow reasonable at the time when everyone's freaking out. But then they just kept, moving the goalposts and you know within the first year i think they weren't even normal was off the table already by then um, then they start talking about new normal and then they're pushing all that great reset crap and yep. even as they were saying that people were saying oh that's just a conspiracy theory and it's like dude <laughs> like trudeau went on the freaking national news and told you all about it and he wasn't joking yeah. he wasn't he wasn't being sarcastic he wasn't talking about it as if it's a conspiracy theory he was literally just reading off of schwab's script saying this is a great Telling opportunity you straight up what he's gonna do and people still uh, Even want a year to like a year later people are still saying ignore. that it's you know like we're, we're now 2022 uh, rounding out the year and people are still saying that that's just a conspiracy theory. like the dude schwab wrote a whole damn book about it he's been talking about this shit for years and years and it's just so open blatantly public they, they don't hide it you know dude this 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 whole world world economic forum shit just boggles my fucking mind dude because <laughs> like in so many different ways like you have you have people that their whole existence is is dedicated to talk shit about the quote-unquote one percent right you have these people that are generally in, on the left uh whatever the left means these days uh, and their whole thing is, uh, these people don't pay enough, uh, uh th- their fair share, uh, fair share, fair share, uh, 
they all they are hoarding all the resources and this and that. Like they love to talk talk shit about rich uh, about the the billionaires, but at the same time, they are they buy the the Great Reset narrative like hook, line, and sinker. Right? They go for every single uh, uh, aspect of the agenda. They are supporting it, so it makes no sense. Like, do they know who is behind this agenda? Do they know that the people that will will benefit from this the most are the people they hate the most? I don't think they do, or uh, like because it it doesn't make any any sense, right? And then on the other side, so y you have the lunatics on the left, and then you have the lunatics on the right. So uh, uh, you have people that say. Yeah, these guys they exist. Like they they recognize the World Economic Forum. Like that they, they, they exist. Uh, they at least they're not saying it's a it's a conspiracy theory. But they say uh, they are just saying things. Like they don't really have any power. Like I heard. Like somebody told me that. <laughs> uh, this they, uh, this guy said. Uh, yeah, they can meet all all day long. Like they can have the their little meetings every year at Davos like they can talk about these things but they don't really have any power like they, don't, they can't really implement these things and I, I told him dude your uh uh prime minister not the prime minister uh what is Krista Freeland official position finance minister she's the finance minister deputy prime minister and finance minister and she sits on the board of trustees at the World Economic Forum which is Wow, you know that's a blatant conflict of interest. If I've ever yeah. seen one, for some reason that's okay, and no one ever says anything. I mean, again, it's not a conspiracy theory. You can go on uh, weforum.org, whatever their site, and then look her up, and then have a whole blurb on her. And then at the very end of the blurb, they specifically say that she's on the board of trustees there. So, and it's not hidden. Nope. So you you have that. You have Justin Trudeau on national TV talking about how he's going to implement. Uh, agenda 2030 right and how proud he is of being part of it and how canada will will be a big part of it right well the and way he put it was still he, he didn't people don't believe it he didn't that's the thing i think some people dismiss it because he didn't say it like exactly perfectly in the, those specific terms like they always throw around a slight variation that's why he got this all this build back better crap it's the same thing mm -hmm. just different flavor different spin on it but the way that that trudeau put it i think was that we have a great opportunity to move forward our long-standing agendas um and, and he just played with it a little bit in that way he didn't quite say great reset agenda 2030 and no, in, in the not. same kind of terms that we would talk about it in but it is what he's talking about and it's not Again, and they not, don't have to use the terms we use, right? It's not a hundred percent match for the terms, but that's what he's talking about. It's not a it's not a mystery, and it's not you know you you can go on Canada.ca and read all about it, and like that's what he's talking about. So when you see yeah. the, the 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 World Economic Forum um, came out with an article saying they're partnering with the UN to accelerate Agenda 2030, again, that's all published on, on their sites, and Dude, it's not it's not hidden. Fucking, so yeah. that was mid 2019. They came in right before this whole shit show started, and then they partnered up. So the the WF has been around for like 70 years or something like that. It's been around a long time. It's been doing it forever, but only in 2019 did they actually formally pair up with the UN specifically to accelerate 2030. So it's not. I mean, if you want to tell me that that's a coincidence, I'm just not a coincidence theorist. You know what I mean? 
there's yeah. too many. There's just too many, right? And, and it's not a stretch when you're looking at all these things that they say publicly and you put them all together. Like Klaus himself, Schwab says that he penetrated over 50% of the cabinet referring to yes, Canada. Yes, that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, if you have this guy saying, making a claim like that, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty important claim. Like, you're, he's saying that his he injected himself into these cabinets of these countries and he's influencing them right their decision making so yeah just that is enough to open a whole investigation into how much uh, how in what way did they inject themselves and how much influence do they have over yeah. the government Right? There should be like a forensic audit or something. Just try to imagine if this exact same thing were to happen on the other quote unquote side, like try to think back to when Trump was in, everyone's losing their minds over Trump. Like if he did something like that, right? If he was having some foreign influence, just try to think back to the whole Russia thing, right? Yeah. They would all lose their damn mind, right? But we're pretty much just overlooking exactly the same thing because it so happens to be on the right side. But if the exact same thing happened on the other side, they wouldn't accept it, right? So it's just, what could possibly go wrong with that? People get sucked into this false paradigm and then they overlook all of the things that they would not be okay with were it the other way around. But it's the same thing. Like, it's not okay. Either it's okay or it's not. You have to have some fundamental notion of right and wrong at the end of the day and you can't just say well anything goes because i'm told that it's you know the side is in my favor but of course they're going to tell you that isn't that crazy how people can hold they can know two different things like that they can have two different opinions about i don't know how to put it in the words but you know like you have people that say oh it's all wrong that trump was trying to manipulate uh these other countries uh, but then you have former presidents that did the same or worse, and all the same people were didn't say anything, right? They, you're like, oh, they probably they don't even know it, <laughs> to be honest. Like, they don't even know about it. Um, they only know about Trump because all the media attention, right? Like anything Trump does is covered like twenty four seven by the media, so that's how they know it. But I highly doubt that they know what Obama was doing uh, on his time, like bombing people in in Iraq, like weddings and, you know, birthday parties, just bombing the shit out of them. And even they, I think they, he even bombed uh, Americans, right? Uh, and what happened to him? Nothing. Nothing happened to him. As always, like these people just do things and there's no accountability. Well, it really you know? is people taking sides. And when it's the correct side, they'll look over, they'll overlook any amount of harms, which is yep. really kind of crazy. And I guess I can, this can be a segue to the next point I wanted to bring up about the clown planet, because first we talked about that uh, child corpses with Sam Harris, which was messed up. But another thing is is really highlighting the people taking sides because I've been noticing a lot of alternative media is really not any better than mainstream media. So you go and find something that's not the CBC or CNN or what have you, and then you think, great, I, I found 
some news that I, I don't need to worry about this, but unfortunately they're even more insidious. And one really good example of that is uh, True North. And they they build themselves as an independent journalist kind of thing uh, on the other side. And they kept reporting how the mask mandate in uh, airports, the travel, federal travel mandate was lifted. And they didn't cite any source for that. I found that kind of odd and it seemed like a really big claim. So I started searching. Andrew, Andrew. Layton. Yeah. 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 And, and so I tried to find it, right? I went on the government website. It still said exactly the same thing, which is that you need to mask up for your entire journey. So I thought that's weird. If if they lifted that mandate, that would be like a huge Oh, yeah. Everyone deal. would know it. It'd be it'd be making waves. Like there's no way that no one would be talking about it except for him, right? Yeah, he and, said he said the mask mandate was secretly uh, lifted, quietly, which is yeah. w- which is an insane thing to say because if they do lift the mandate, everybody would know. Everyone would be talking right? about it. You, you can't. Everyone quietly. would be talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I tagged him a couple times for the first couple of days. He wouldn't respond, but I eventually got him to reply, and he said, "Oh, I never said that." So then I I shared the clip of him saying that. <laughs> of course, I don't hear back again. It's like, and some of the commenters replied Locked. saying, well, you said uh, airplane, not air, not airport. And like, look, the official thing says is all one mandate. There's not like a separate mandate for if you're standing yeah. over here and a separate mandate if you're standing in line and a separate mandate if you're on the plane. No, it's it's one mandate. And the government website says it applies for the entire journey. So that means in the airport, on the airplane, everything. And that's what it says. So that would be a big deal if that was dropped. But the government page on that doesn't say it's dropped. So an interesting thing is, and, and this is just one example. There's There's been many examples of sort of subtle, misleading kind of things. And this is exactly why the mainstream can easily point at those examples to dismiss if you're sharing that. They'll, it's, like, it's almost like they're deliberately set up as not a source that you can use when you're arguing yes. with people that go with the mainstream. So it's very kind of insidious. But in this particular case, I ended up finding a post by the Edmonton airport who were saying that some of the rules were were being lifted. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting because this is from the Edmonton airport. So they uh-huh. should surely actually know what the rules are, right? And then I got them to reply and they said, here's the link. So I click on the link and it brings me to the exact same page on the government page that doesn't say what they said. It still says exactly the same thing, which is that you have to mask up for your entire journey. There's nothing on, there's no statement from the government anywhere so far that says we're lifting this mandate, right? So it's very weird. So I don't know if maybe And just so people know, this is a federal mandate, right? Federal, for airports. Uh, Provincial thing. No, yeah, airports are in federal, international airports are in federal jurisdiction. So that's, that's under Transport Canada. And they have a website specifically to say all the different stupid rules. But they didn't update that page saying that the rules are now this, right? Mm-hmm. But the airports are, start, are starting to shift the rules saying, well, now you don't have to wear a mask everywhere, but you do if you're in check-in and you do if you're boarding, right? So that's kind of weird because before it was just everywhere, right? So, Dude, uh, I, I was at the airport uh, a month ago, I guess. And you you do have to use a mask to enter the the, the airport. Like there is, and we didn't have a mask because I thought there was no mandate there. So they have a vending machine at the door <laughs> that you can buy your mask, and it costs like five bucks. Wow! Uh, a little uh, bag with masks, and then you can get inside. And then when you get inside, there's like a whole, a whole bunch of people walking around with the mask under their noses, which is <laughs> ridiculous. 
Uh, but you do have to use a mask. It, that's bullshit. That the, the mandate is still there. Well, you have to use happened. a mask inside the airplane. This was just the other day. So maybe there was something that finally did change. But I find it very weird because I haven't seen any official statement anywhere. And you you would think that this would be a huge deal, even if it's only a partial thing. So that's very strange. But this was from from the friggin' air, the airport. The Edmonton International Airport posted on Twitter, notifying everybody that they're no longer having rules for for everywhere, just only in specific places. So yeah, yeah that is strange. So that's just uh, the whole point here is that you have to be as critical about uh, your alternative sources as with any mainstream one. So yes, we know the mainstream is horrible. They lie, lie, lie. They lie about everything. But it, it's a fatal mistake to then find a so-called alternative and start just believing whatever they put out. Yeah. You have to be careful because they're full of, I don't want to overuse controlled opposition, but a lot of the times they definitely give off those vibes. And especially another great example of that is Queen Dil, Queen Dil, Romana Deludo, however you say her name. The uh, That's definitely controlled opposition. So she bills herself as the Queen of Canada, goes around telling people to stop paying their bills. And they recently made a big drama <laughs> trying to arrest police officers. And they, you know, obviously they ended up getting arrested instead. All kinds of stupid crap to try to smear people that are contrary or against the the narrative, right? So they want to lump everybody who's legitimately fighting against what's happening in with these crazy people. Yeah, because and- if you if you take a claim like this, uh, like the reporter from True North, uh, saying that there is no mandate, the mandates were lifted secretly, and then okay, so y- you are a fan of this guy, of this reporter, uh, then you take that story and then you go and share with your friends at work, and then they go and check and. It's nothing like <laughs> what this guy's saying, and then you end up looking like a crazy person, right? You end That's up it. looking like a uh, a dumbass, right? So that just has the opposite effect, right? That yeah. you want. You really have to be so, diligent. Unfortunately, there's no easy way out because this is effectively an information war, and. Yes. That's what you get in 100%. information war, right? So this is what, you, unfortunately, the situation we're in. So it's it's getting increasingly difficult to not get wrong information, no matter what source that you get it from. There's just crap everywhere. And they use this as a perfect, convenient excuse to say, oh, well, go with our official source and our fact checkers and this and that. But the problem is, is they're full of shit and they lie about everything constantly. But because they have the authoritative... Uh, appearance it's easy for them to suck people in and say oh don't look at all this other misinformation only look at our misinformation because we're the real information and have the experts <laughs> yeah and it's just the further down these rabbit holes you go like queen diludo i mean probably most people don't even know about that shit but anyone that's been into the alternatives have probably come across her at some point in telegram or somewhere another such character is chris scott which is really he's done some some good stuff like the airport video telling people how to stand up for the rights and that was phenomenal but he's now saying that you should believe in the public inquiry that they've set up to for the government to investigate themselves about the emergencies act which is highly suspect so a character like that you would think would at least be warning you that this is going to be faked up bullshit because obviously it's like they're it's a former judge or something like a liberal judge that's going to be presiding over it he's obviously <laughs> like they're not going to set up an inquiry that's going to screw up what they're doing obviously so it's going to incriminate themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's just so ludicrous. But apparently they contacted him so that he can testify. So to me, that makes him a little bit more 
suspect as if he wasn't already enough. But coming back to that, the Queen of Canada thing, she actually has her own, and I mentioned Chris Guy because he was the one that pointed this out about the, the Queen. And she has, she started her own party, Canada First Party of Canada. And if you go to her website for that party and you go to donate, it actually says the donation goes to the Liberal Party of Canada, which is hilarious. What? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I'll include the link for that so everybody can check it out. But, you know, oh, is man. it just uh, another coinkydink? <laughs> Coincidence. Uh, so so she's a liberal plant. And so that's just perfect, right? So they would use your own tax dollars to plant these crazy people to discredit real dissidents because she looks absolutely batshit insane, right? Saying that she's a queen of Canada mm-hmm. and all this other crap. And that's apparently funded by them. Yeah. And then what was why, the other thing? Why wouldn't they do that? Why right? wouldn't they? It's, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah. but people destabilize the the other side. Like, if you're a, like a normal, sane, well-adjusted person, you're not going to assume that your government is going to go to such insane lengths to subvert everything, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's very hard to r- maintain your sanity, position of sanity, kind of thing. Like, you you have to stick to the the facts that you get that's verifiable, and still not manage to look like you're insane. But um, I shit you not. You can go to her website. It does say that. What you want to make of that is up to you. I won't draw any firm conclusions. I won't tell you what to think about it, but it's just something very interesting, kind of funny. Like, why would that be in there? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Um, so yeah, Queen, uh, the Chris guy thing. And then after that, it was Jeremy McKenzie. So that's that raging dissident guy. So he's been one of these other... Oh, he's campaigning for PP now. He live streams <laughs> a lot. And <laughs> I'm sure they'll say he's not comp- campaigning for PP, but he, he did post a picture of himself just shaking his hand or whatever. And he's always... That, bait- that's... He's- uh. That's an endorsement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on their live stream, they were saying how they're going to manipulate him to do their bidding or whatever, um, which I, I find that very naive. It just, it feels to me that you're really just sucking in your audience to to go with with PP, which is... And, and, and why do you have to manipulate a politician? Isn't yeah. this politician supposed to work for the people? Like, why do you have to manipulate him to do your bidding? Yeah, right. <laughs> they think they're gonna play him, but that's not how this works. No, so, but do, do you get the do you get the irony that they say, "Oh, this is like the, this is a democracy. Like the politicians work for us, and they're gonna do the best." Like, if you have to manipulate a politician so he can do some good work, isn't that a little bit fucked up? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, they keep you in this left-right paradigm. So that's the other thing. That all of these. characters will constantly refer to left-wing this right-wing that and they identify themselves as as right and it's just it fuels this all the same outcomes right so it's not helpful and it's actually counterproductive and if you can't discuss the issues on their own merit objectively then you're just furthering the same system and none of these guys will say well tear down the whole system and start from scratch and you know get rid of er- everyone that's that's corrupt like that's too hard even for all of the supposed dissidents yeah right and, and then when you look back at the convoy thing they're saying they're making it out to be like they're trying to overthrow the government or whatever well again those Bro. characters were all <laughs> political operatives like most of the participants were well-intentioned regular people that were fed up with bullshit but then the people that were billing themselves as the organizers were all involved in politics one way or another at some point or which so. is that that was my first like the first time i saw one of those press conferences that they gave that they used to give uh i f- i thought to myself who elected these people to be the leaders right 
Yeah. Like, was that like a democratic thing that they like they took a vote? Because they couldn't take a vote because people were just like uh, arriving at the protest. Like there was no logistics behind it, right? Like they, how would they take a vote to decide who's the leader, right? It it wasn't organized like that. Like so, those people just appeared out of nowhere and proclaimed to be their leaders. And then you look into them and then you say, oh, and then you see, oh, this guy was a liberal campaign manager. This other guy is like a sketch. Like this, this guy is a little bit shady, right? And everything starts to make sense. Yeah. They would never have been able to pull off what they did if it wasn't for those uh, convoy organizers, right? Yeah. And they got to frame it a particular way thanks to that. If it really was just a bunch of truckers, they couldn't have done shit about that, right? But thanks to these organizers, which are billed as heroes, then they were able to bring in the Emergencies Act and abuse everybody. And some of those powers were since made permanent. Everybody just forgets about it. Now they have this whole friggin' circus to do an inquiry. But in the meantime, they've already made the, made permanent those extra powers for so-called anti-money laundering and all that they didn't have before. They wouldn't have been able to do without that event. So yep. I think it's exactly what they wanted. And it's just another coinky dink. But anyways, moving along, um, the last thing I want to mention on the Clown Planet update thing is these um, claims that people throw around about what the CDC is saying. This is something that's been happening in all of the um, so-called freedom fighting and, and alternative media circles is they take something the CDC did or something the CDC said, and they completely misconstrue it. And this happens far too often for it to simply be mistaken uh, like a whoopsie right and this latest time they said the cdc quietly removes the part about the spike protein how long it stays in the body so they made all kinds of drama about that because they showed on the wayback machine that they took out this section that explained how long it stays a couple of weeks and then they deleted that on that page but what these smooth brains fail to realize is that if you scroll down on the updated page, down at the bottom of that very same page, it says right there, how long do mRNA and spike proteins last in the body? So there's a hyperlink you can click on, and it just brings you to another page, and you scroll down to where it says, how long spike proteins last in the body? And guess what? It says, exact, it says exactly the same goddamn thing that the page did, the previous page did, before they did the edit. So why did they do an edit like that? I don't know. That seems like almost like baiting people in to make themselves look stupid or something. But it says here, I quote, the Infectious Disease Society of America estimates that the spike proteins that were generated by COVID-19 vaccines last up to a few weeks. So there it is. They didn't actually, because now they always frame this as, oh, the CDC quietly admits that the mRNA just stays in your body forever. No, they're not saying that. You know, they just made an update to the page and you guys ran with it like a bunch of idiots and they're not saying what you're saying they're saying. They're not going to admit anything. Rest assured, they will never admit jack shit. And the same thing happened when they changed some um, guidance for their PCR. So they, they did a recall on one of their PCR kits. So the CDC has authorization for dozens of different PCR assays and there's some differences from one kit to the next. And they had a recall on one. So there's one specific PCR assay that they recalled. 
and they were recalling it because they were replacing it with a new upgraded one for COVID I remember that. plus flu. <laughs> so they didn't, I don't know if they just can't read or if they just don't care and just put it out there or if they're actually bad actors. But look, I'm no expert myself either, but I can take the time to actually read the damn page properly and see what it's actually saying. And they weren't saying what these idiots were saying it was saying. So that makes our side look really bad if you want to believe in the quote unquote sides. It doesn't help the cause when you don't understand what the hell they're saying. And then you're saying, you're, you're telling people that, oh, the, the CDC is admitting something about PCR and they're, they're ditching PCR altogether. That was never true. Of course, they were not going to stop using PCR. Like, obviously. Why they were would just, they? They were just bringing yeah. in a new one that was even worse because <laughs> it's going to combine flu and COVID. So they're going to find all kinds of shit with that. They're going to find a whole lot of, of flu. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, and, they're not going to obviously they're, they're never going to they're, they're not going to stop. Like, it's just ludicrous. But they keep finding these little things and then blowing them out of proportion and misconstruing them, misrepresenting them, and you just look like idiots. Like, stop it. <laughs> and the latest one is the CDC is uh, admitting that they made mistakes, and now people are sending that around, saying that the CDC is is because they recently adjusted some of their guidance, saying to treat the unvaccinated and the vaccinated the same, more or less. But they still have they still recommend a bunch of BS. But they're saying no longer to treat, treat it differently. And so, of course, people are saying, "Oh, this means they're admitting something, admitting failure." And then they recently announced that they're going to do some restructuring, and people are saying that means they're admitting defeat. And it's it's the height of idiocy because you don't actually look at what they're doing. What they're doing is the opposite. They they want to spin off an entire new department, another department that's like the CDC, another high-level government branch, uh, government body, that has even more power to deal with these situations. So they're not retreating or admitting or turning back or anything like that. They're actually building on the situation in an even worse direction. And they're trying to save face somehow along the way to keep themselves in their minds looking good, Right. That's all it is. And of course, these these ideas just misconstrued completely. It's very frustrating. Information warfare gets very tiresome. Like guys, the CDC are not going to admit shit in your favor. They're just never going to. Forget about it. Okay? It's not going to happen. It's like if just you the idea that they them, would just come out and say, yeah, we, you know, like those things yeah. we said, it was all wrong. We are wrong. Like, yeah. <laughs> why, why would they do that? Yeah. Right? If you want to say, if you want to go and dismantle them, then go do that. And then... I will agree that finally they're done, but that's not what happens, right? They're not going to do that because all the same people that have been doing all this stuff are still there. Walensky is still there. Dr. Fauci is still there. Dr. Burks is still there. All the same people are still there. They're not, there's no accountability going on here. And people, none of them faced any consequences for, they're not going to. So that's why you have to look at other solutions somehow that don't entail vote for this guy, vote for that guy. You cannot vote your way out of this insanity. Like that system nope. gave you this insanity because it's working as designed. This is what it was intended to do. What they told you your entire life about what it was meant to do was a lie. People lie. They lied about everything. Yep. So I guess we're not going to get into Ukraine tonight. We're already almost two hours here. So we're going to have to rename this. <laughs> Just a long ass rant about random crap. Yeah, again, <laughs> that oh, could be man. the name of the podcast. Uh, long ranting. ass rant about random crap. <laughs> yeah, hey, why not? Feels good to get it. Nobody's going to listen to this anyway. So, <laughs> well, we can bring some more examples of of alternative media being idiotic. Oh, Joe Rogan. Like we we were talking about it yesterday, right? Joe Rogan 
web, uh, talking with Tim Dillon about how great China is. <laughs> <laughs> like we should be more like China because they have uh, uh, better, uh, their society is more homogenous and people follow the, the rules, shit like that. Yeah, it's very suspect. I'm starting to think that Rogan is is definitely gatekeeper, keeping you within these 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 bounds of the narrative. Like, just think about it. He's on Spotify, and he's totally fine with all the censorship they do. They delete all kinds of his episodes and never says a word about it. So, how much can you really trust that? Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a difficult one because he has this whole thing about being a pothead and he doesn't know any better, right? But at the same time. Uh, he knows about all these things, like all these operations from the government. Like if you get one of the conspiracy podcasts, like when he invites conspiracy, like conspiracy people uh, uh, to the podcast, like he knows about all these, all these operations, right? Like he's aware of how the government operates, but then he has Tim Dillon on the show and he's talking about how, how great it would be if we were more more like china like so which one is it like it it he's like a chameleon like every every guest he has he changes his opinion on things yeah well he was they were really talking about the entire transhumanism agenda and they were saying about how it's gonna improve everything so much and it's gonna be so awesome to everyone will be like superman and all kinds of that sort of stuff they really didn't hammered home how dystopian and totalitarian it is they're just kind of like accepting it and almost advocating for it in a way it was really quite creepy and they have they have the perfect perfect excuse that they are comedians so you cannot take what they say seriously you know every time like they use that excuse quite a lot like when somebody criticizes them uh they say oh you shouldn't like why why are you listening to a comedy show uh like looking for political opinions right yeah well that's I'm a like, bullshit but, argument that's but a lot of people a lot of people listen to that guy <laughs> that's what i was gonna uh, say <laughs> they have a huge like how many millions of people their audience is bigger than than actual mainstream media news outlets so in a way, they're kind of like the new mainstream media because people are flocking to them because they think they're not getting mainstream media, but they're so big that they're basically mainstream at this point. And people listen to what they say. People listen to his opinion. They listen to the opinion of the, the guests that he has on. And yeah. he certainly funnels that in a particular direction. It's not this kind of like live, open, honest kind of thing that's sort of presented as. It's very Bro, subtly... Just, just, just the, the simple... Uh, simple fact of having somebody on, it's it's already huge, cause uh just exposing someone like uh, like uh, on a show that 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 big, right? It it can already open somebody up for a lot of of attention. Like if if you if you were on nobody, if you go to Joe Rogan, you become super famous. Like overnight because people would just look you up right on the internet so yeah i don't know it's it it's very suspicious and you have other people also like temple that 
uh, positions himself as uh, an alternative neo source, but he will have fucking career politicians on the show like every other week. <laughs> and he's pushing hard for the Republicans, even though he says he's an independent. Uh, so, and no. the solutions he prescribes are all about voting. Like you need to vote to change things. So it's the same crap that you hear on Fox News, right? Oh, these other mainstream platforms. It's just repackaged uh, with this like beanie wearing guy and skater boy kind of thing. Uh, but the message is the same. The message you're hearing at Tim on Timpo is the same thing you hear on Tucker Carlson, right? All of these so-called independent characters have popped up out of nowhere over the past couple of years. It's all very highly suspect. Like it's very well done. They're very good at appealing to a certain demographic and sucking people in and having the appearance of just being some random guy or whatever. Just But, like you. He's, he's somebody just like you. Yeah. But except he has millions of dollars and yeah. he has resource infinite resources that no one knows where it came from <laughs> yeah, they claim it's it. it's from youtube youtube money or people giving them giving him money it, like, it's always I the same i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i believe that once you start looking at all these different characters you start to realize you see patterns right it's always the same always the same people always the same kind of guests always the same kind of narratives. You, you're always getting sucked back into left and right. And there's very few and very little of it out there that seems to be truly genuine, independent, random people. And right? those uh, usually don't go anywhere. Like the, they don't get anywhere in terms of like uh, um, popularity, right? Because they get shut down or they get shadow banned. They usually don't. If if you don't play by the rules, like if don't if if you don't self censor and you talk about the topics that are allowed, uh, you don't you don't last very long. Yeah, a great example of that is that other podcast I was talking about last time. Uh, Eyes is watching. He's on. Uh, he's a Canadian podcaster in BC. He's, he seems like a random dude just trying to make videos. And on on Odyssey, he's got like five or six hundred followers, and he's on his fiftieth or 60th show. So he's not that, uh, he's not been doing it for that long yet, but he was talking about in his last episode, how he's already been targeted and removed off YouTube and more recently on PayPal. And this dude is like a small account, right? And he was, he was just mentioning how other people that he follows are still on there. And he found that a little weird. And I agree with him there hundred percent. It is a little quote unquote weird that all these other characters are allowed to be on these platforms. YouTube, PayPal, whatever it is, if you've got a big following and you're allowed yeah, to remain on these other platforms, it's like, how could that be, right? You, and you... he mentioned uh, he mentioned Lauren Sutton, which is a Canadian Canadian YouTuber, and uh, she was back in the day. She was pretty good, right? making documentaries about how like white people are being persecuted in South Africa and stuff like that. And she made a documentary about the uh, those caravans of migrants coming from uh, North Africa to to Europe, right? And 
but she did a lot of a lot of interesting. Uh, she had a lot of interesting material back in the day, and then she got a lot of attention, like negative attention from the media, like people calling her a white supremacist, and you know, like kind of all that same shit that they they call you, like the defamation uh, tactics that they uh, that they have. Uh, and then she disappeared. All of a sudden, I, I guess the excuse was that she got pregnant or some shit, but she disappeared for a long time, and then she emerged after, and uh, but her message completely changed. Like she was no longer like an extremist, like quote unquote extremist, like talking about real shit. She was all about coming together, and you have to listen to the other side, and you know. Uh, really, like, uh, uh, sitting on the fence, you know, wow. kind of thing. Totally different person. To- like, different person. They're very suspicious. And then she's out there now, like, uh, she's a regular on the Team Pool show and all these other shows. Like, she's making the rounds, like, on, like, on Ben Shapiro show or some shit. Like, all these, the usual suspects, right? Uh, of the uh, alternative media, um, and she's allowed, like like that guy said, like she's allowed to be on PayPal, even though they called her a white supremacist. Uh, she's allowed to have a huge following on YouTube, and uh, Facebook, and all these other, like Twitter and all these other social media platforms, and it it makes no sense because. Like, they're supposed to hate her guts, right? She's, like, uh, she's on the other side, and they hate the other side. So why are they allowing her to make money and to have a following, right? That's it. It's all just too perfect and suspicious. If you really are uh, going against their narratives, then you're toast. You you can't stay on there. Like, there's so many people that have been deplatformed and they have to go into the other places that will still let them stick around. And if you're a small account trying to start off, there's just no way that you can build up a huge audience actually countering the narrative and stay on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook and and not get booted off there or at the very least demonetized. You can't... They will will not allow you to, to grow if you don't follow the rules, right? That's it. I mean, it's uh, not even a question of just following the rules because they don't even follow their own rules. And that was yeah. actually one way that um, the former, um, which one was it? Alex Berenson. I forget which paper. He, he used to work for one of the mainstream papers. He's a former mainstream media journalist and he got booted off YouTube, uh, not, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitter. And then he sued Twitter. And he won, right? <laughs> and he actually won. So he sues Twitter and he wins. And it, it basically come, came down to the fact that they weren't even following their own rules and didn't have any evidence for their own claims of why they had to ban him because <laughs> nothing what he posted was actually incorrect or whatever their claims were. So they ended up reinstating his account. I mean, most people don't have the means, the time and money and all that to mount a, an effective defense and overcome that. So all everyone else just stays booted. Yeah, just imagine how many accounts they, they ban every single day and nobody ever hears about it, right? Yeah. We only know about these cases because they're high profile, but 
imagine how how many people go down the drain <laughs> and what is the effect of that right if if you only hear one one part of the narrative right if if all you ever hear is one side of the of the narrative like what is the effect of that i think we are seeing the effects of that now <laughs> right it's this huge like bubbles that people live in like ideological uh bubbles and they they are never uh, exposed to the other side of of things to the other uh the other side of the uh, of these these issues so yeah i don't just, know how that can get any better i think it just keeps compounding the problem yeah and when i was building up the no new abnormal account uh, throughout 2020 i really noticed a shitload of accounts disappearing and getting banned like it happened very often and it was often small accounts too not just big accounts, but accounts that only have a couple thousand followers. They were starting to get noticed a little bit and they got booted off. And then I think that's AI driven. It's very likely that, that that's AI identifying certain words and, you know, and a lot of it is for sure. Automatically kicking the, you off. There's different levels to it, right? There's not just like one thing, out. right? So there's all yeah. kinds of algorithmic fuckery that they get up to. And then there's the manual stuff. There, there's different ways that they go about it. But these people that they come down on, like in my case, I got suspended a couple of times because they didn't like some of my my tweets, but I didn't get deleted yet. So I'm kind of stunted because I noticed that the account grew up to a certain point, like 2000 something followers. And at some point it like hit a threshold or something. And then I started getting automatically unsubscribed. As I would gain followers, I would lose the same number of followers. So it's you could tell that it's automated. And so I can't get past 2,600, 2,700, no matter how many of my posts get good engagement or, or what have you. It's just, it's artificially limited. But at some point, if, I, if it were to get traction, then it would just get booted completely, right? One wrong post away from just being removed. Yeah. And that's what happens so to you. So you want to know, uh, you want to know who's for real and who's not? You look at what they are talking about. If they are not talking about the World Economic Forum, they are controlled opposition. <laughs> I'm I'm being very very uh, uh, exaggerating a lot, but just just look at accounts like uh, the Daily Wire, right? Uh, like they have this huge freaking empire, media empire, and they never talk about the World Economic Forum. Like it's it's off bounds, right? It's out of question. Like they don't talk about it. They do talk about and they talk about it a lot about this trans issue shit, like all this trans agenda, and they talk about the Hunter Biden laptop and all that crap, and they talk about elections. So all like you know that these things that they talk about, those are the distractions, right? And the things that don't talk about it, those are the things that you really should be paying attention to <laughs> and forget about all that, that other crap, right? Yeah, I mean, up to a point because things like the World Economic Forum are definitely discussed at great length, even on, even on Twitter. But the thing is, is that people that go uh, past a certain point, they, they get banned. And then you, what you're left with is really people that mix a lot of true and untrue stuff. They post a lot of misleading things. They post a lot of doctored clips that 
don't show what they're saying. Like there's, there's often like short 10 or 15 second clips of one of these characters and it's edited to make it sound a certain way. Like there's a bunch about Obama that go out there and there might be plenty of, of bad things to say about, about him, but you're not helping things by putting out a fake clip. Right. And then people are taking it, it, taking it out of context. Like you don't have to do it. Like there's enough yep. material, <laughs> but they do. That, uh, right. So to there's, do that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them might just be innocent kind of well-intentioned people that get caught in, in the midst of it and, and just retweet without thinking everybody's done that at some point. But I think there's a lot of it that are really just bad actors that they, they know what they're doing and they're doing it on purpose because that discredits anyone that's talking about this stuff. So they deliberately allow it to proliferate on their platform so that they can point at it and say, hey, look at all these crackpots. They can control it, yeah. Idiots and controlling it. And, and so what happens if you have somebody who is new to this stuff and you're trying to convince them that it's for real and then you point them to any of these environments, they're going to get on there and go, oh, it's just bullshit because they're going to find a bunch of BS, right? It's going to be easy to write it off as bullshit because they make it look like bullshit and they add stupid ass sound effects and they make cuts that misrepresent what they were saying. So then you're just going to dismiss the whole thing and they do this all the time, right? So you have to be really careful about the content that you're actually uh, half the time, it's it's not going to be what it looks like, and you're going to be misled. So it's really you, you can't there, take. There's that, for and there is uh, there is uh, sometimes they would talk about uh, the World Economic Forum, but they it they are going to maintain it on the surface level, right? They are going to keep it on the surf surface level. They are not going to go after the money, like follow, following the money. Where like who uh, among these politicians who who are connected to which like which one of them are connected to the world economic forum in any shape or form right they they don't do that because if they do that they would be undermining their own uh their own show because you can't have a bunch of politicians on your show and then say that oh some politicians are connected to the world economic forum which is a globalist organization right so they can't really get into the weeds on the World World Economic Forum. So uh, the the Tinkast show, for example, uh, every once in a while they will make a joke about Klaus Schwab and like they will imitate Klaus Schwab, which is pretty funny. But they will never go in depth, right, about uh, how how the 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 World Economic Forum and and the Agenda 2030 is is ingrained into the all these countries, right? So they can claim that they are talking about it, uh, and technically they are, but they are not talking about it in a meaningful way, right? Because it's only surface level, and it can be and and since it's sur surface level, it can be dismissed, uh, very easily because you're not. You're not dealing with any like solid facts, right? You're just repeating some shit you heard uh, on TV or whatever, or some other pundit told you. Yeah, low effort meme is not really that helpful. And they always suck you back into this left-right crap. So it's pretty much a guarantee that if you share Tim Pool with somebody who's staunchly on the other side, they're not going to go for that, right? And why would they? Because... There isn't really that much in there that's 
really compelling that's going to make a really good case for something more being going on right yep uh they're going to easily dismiss it so it's not that helpful so we have to focus on the things that are really concrete and complete and put the information out there so that people can make up their own determination about whether something more is going on or not and i mean it's pretty clear but when you muddy the waters then it all gets lost and people don't want to hear about it anymore. Like, yeah. Well, I guess we better another, wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. Another episode where we don't really talk about what we want to talk about. <laughs> we never really got into the topic. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be Ukraine, but we didn't really talk about that at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I think, yeah. If, if you, if I could name this, I would say that we talked mostly about, uh, how people on quote unquote our own side are out there spreading it's not fake information it's just mis uh construed stuff right and how how would you describe that well i would say they're just giving ammunition to the other side like they're yeah it, they're setting themselves up to be dismissed as misinformation so then and, we, and 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 is that intentional or is that planned right I, I think it is i think a lot of it is i mean just think about it if you honestly believe that there is some international cabal that's doing all of these things then they pretty much have to have accounted for opposition right so yeah. either you're just wrong about all this stuff and it's not what it looks like or they've prepared to infiltrate and subvert long in advance. Because why the hell wouldn't you? Yeah. That just wouldn't make any sense that they totally forgot about that part, you know? Like if you, they even talked about how they have to prepare for an angrier world and they they knew that all this stuff would result in, in more anger and, you know, it, they know what they're doing. They're, they're it's, it's not like they're surprised that some people protested or, you know, that some people started podcasts or that there's going to be some some pushback of course they're going to expect that it's not difficult to foresee even if you don't really know anything and they have all the information in the world right they have all of the the top people at their disposal so i don't think it's very likely that they would not have accounted for opposition and acted accordingly yeah it's just logical but that's that's really just conjecture i mean i, I can't say for sure at any rate but I certainly get the impression just seeing the consistent patterns of, of behavior when observing all these so-called dissidents and, and alternative accounts. They always stay within a certain bounds. They always keep you back in that paradigm. You know, there's a lot of them are former mainstreamers themselves. Like there's this other podcast, uh, Trish Wood is critical. She's pretty cool. Uh, she's a former mainstreamer and started her own podcast and she's got a lot of great guests on and it's kind of like a long form commentary and she'll often talk for half an hour or an hour before the actual interview starts and she has a lot of good shows. But again, it's within certain bounds, right? She will not touch the virus isolation issue. She will not go too far in questioning the narrative. And yeah, it's just, I mean, that's fine. Um, that's not necessarily proof that you're a controlled opposition, but once you start listening to enough of these different characters, you just start to get a feel for how they, they all kind of do the same thing <laughs> at the end of the day. 
especially yeah. things like Rebel News, Rebel News, True North, Western Standard, all these uh, other side outlets. Um, they've all done some great coverage at one time or another, especially during the, the convoy and blockades and all of that. They were some of the only ones doing coverage. You, you couldn't get anything anywhere else. So some some rebel reporters were there on the scene. No one else was doing it. Um, great. You know, I, I'm not knocking that. That's that's awesome. But the thing is, is that people latch onto that because then they see those little snippets. It's a minute long. You got some coverage you didn't find anywhere else. You get excited about it. And then you start looking at other rebel news stuff and just buying in hook, line, and sinker to all the other crap. And look at that that Ezra dude. He's pretty slimy. Oh, yeah. Rebel News is, you know, special case. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, and there again, if you try and share anything from Rebel, forget about it. Someone that watches CBC is not going to accept your Rebel News link. Just, it's just, yeah, it's not going to, it's not going to fly. So, on the other side. you know, and, and to be honest, a lot of the times their criticism of Rebel is valid. I, I'm not going to lie. So that's the thing. People kind of, there's always this tribal thing going on where people just believe the crap that's from their side and they won't believe anything from the other side. And the thing is, is that all sides at one time or another will publish something that is correct, right? You, you can find plenty of stuff in the CBC that is, is not wrong. It's not fake, right? Even though they lie all the time and they peddle the narrative and they're getting worse and worse. You can still find stuff in there that is is not wrong. So you, you need to use some discernment when consuming any of these different uh, media outlets. And you have to remain critical at all, at all times, especially of your own side. I would say be even more critical of your own side than the other side, because you're more likely to have your guard down and to be duped, yes, right? Exactly. You're not going to be as critical and... Look, they're just not always going to be right, and they're not going to be perfectly unbiased. They're they're human beings too, and most of us don't dig into the funding sources of each of these organizations. Where are they really from? Who's really behind it? We just take in the headline, you know. So and and if you think strategically, that's where the the your enemies would put the most resources would be to. Uh, uh they would be investing on your side right to 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 implant to, to not to implant to plant these uh fake people that pretend to be on your side that's where most of the uh of their effort would be going because they already know that you will never listen to the other side right uh you are you are more likely to listen to the people that are uh quote unquote on your side. Yeah. So that's that's where they would be uh focusing their energies to make a character that's very believable and 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 uh says some some truthful things here and there just to capture your attention just to pretend that they are somebody you can trust. Uh, but really, they are like agents, right? Trying to uh, sell you all these uh, fake, misconstrued things. So you take it and you share it with people and then you look like a fool. 
Yeah, I've been wary of sharing any of these alternative links and I spend more time vetting them and checking them and being critical of them than I do of, of mainstream media at this point because there's just too many consistencies and oftentimes there's no source at all or the source is a very circular one. Like you'll see uh, a True North. True North has done a lot of great work. I'm not like here just bashing it, okay? There, there is a lot of good stuff in there for sure. But sometimes it's just trash and you have to be vigilant, right? And it's not to insult anybody. It's just, it's to place an emphasis on the personal responsibility that we were talking about. Yeah, you, it's and, up- and dude, mainstream, like nobody believes mainstream media anymore. Like not even the crazy uh, zealots from like the crazy liberal zealots, right? No, but uh, they're, they're doing the same thing as they were doing with mainstream media. But now they're doing no, it with I, alternative. I, I know. I'm saying, uh, they the the establishment, like or the deep state, the globalists, whatever you want to call the the people pulling the strings, they kind of like they let go of mainstream media. Like they don't want to, they are not putting any money into those uh, institutions anymore. Uh, you can you can look at CNN. CNN is going down the drain right now. Like they <laughs> they are firing all their like main uh anchors from their main shows right because it's just people don't watch that crap right so you would you can you can be sure that the the lizards they're putting all their money <laughs> on the alternative uh main uh, uh ways of of media right like the youtube channels uh so, you got these these instagram influencers right all these uh, new social media uh, media personalities, right? It's, it's just logical that that's what they would do. Because people are not watching TV. Like, people are not tuning in to listen to fucking Don Lemon. Like, not the young people. You you might have some, some millennials or some, uh, like, uh, uh, boomers listening to that crap still, but most young people they're they're watching YouTube, they're watching uh TikTok or Instagram, right? So that's where the energy is going. It's it's going to these platforms. Like they they, they are trying to uh what's that word that uh um subvert. Yeah. That's that's where they're trying uh, they're applying the the subversion. It's on these platforms. Yeah, anything that's able to bill itself as an alternative to the previous traditional kind of legacy media apparatus. Yeah. And a lot of that is is these shorter clips, TikTok and what have you. Why the, would you pour money on a on a bankrupt system like uh mainstream media, right? Yeah, but a lot of these um alternative media outlets have these uh, kind of talking heads that have their own shows within that outlet, like uh, that Andrew Lawton one that we talked about earlier, who was saying all the, the mask mandate was lifted, and they do pretty well. They're they're gaining in, in popularity, and they're all over Twitter, and and they have their own thing going, and, and like characters like uh, Rupa, who's often on on True North as well, she was actually advocating for segregating the unvaccinated, barely one year ago. Like she was 
no different than anyone else in the in the mainstream. So now she's positioned herself as like a dissident and going against the narrative and this and that. But I haven't seen her come out and say, uh, sorry. Like she hasn't mm-hmm. retracted her her previous statements. She still maintains that all of those rules were were necessary and, and justifiable at the time. She's just saying that, oh, now it doesn't make any sense. Now we have to start moving away from that. So isn't that just too perfect? Right. Like <laughs> you, you would have had that position from the start. Right. And of course she got jabbed up and all, and uh, she's still there. I mean, she looks fine to me. So how strongly can you really feel against it if you went through with it and you're apparently fine? Right. Like how against it can you really be? Yeah. So to me, I just, I mean, maybe she really just changed her mind naturally, but I'm just so cynical at this point and suspicious of of anyone, especially on our side. And it's, yeah, it is tiring, but unfortunately you, you don't have a choice. Like if you don't, if you consume any media and you don't apply that high level of scrutiny, then you will 100% be misinformed. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're which side you're on, like you're going to be grossly misinformed one way or another. Like you might be like that, that one account I was, I was having an exchange with where he was just obsessed with the, the mandates and the vax. Or you might be on the other side where you're just going on and on about 5G and lizards. I mean, whichever it is, you're you're going to be off base because there's dis, there's just garbage everywhere. And it's very, it's not trivial to ascertain what is actually not bullshit, where the, the meat is and what's legitimate. And they That's will- That's very difficult. They're, they're very good at making it look legitimate, right? Like even AI writes articles. It's not all, it's not all written by actual human beings and they make convincing articles. So, you know, you, you get these, these true North articles coming out and they have a citation to like a Fox news article. And I say, okay, well, let me check it because maybe it's good. I don't know. It's not, I don't automatically write it off. So I go look at it. And that article also doesn't have a supporting reference for the claims being made in the original. Right. And it links to another Fox news article that also doesn't have any supporting documentation for what they're saying. So sometimes you catch them, in, and I've seen this in, in the other side as well. I'm not just saying like Fox News is bad or whatever. I see that on CBC, CNN, whatever you want. They, they all do the same thing at some point or another. The point is you have to be vigilant. You can't just take it for granted that they did all the work and they didn't make any mistakes and they're not lying. And you have to do that or you will be misled. And that's it. Or you could step out of that entirely and not look at any of it. It might actually be better to be uninformed than to be misinformed, <laughs> right? But if you are sucked into that, unfortunately, you do not have a choice. You are misinformed if you're not putting in that effort. That's just the reality. I hate to break it to you. Yep. Anyways, I guess we should wrap this up then because getting pretty long. You have any closing thoughts? Nope. Already then, so... I spent all my thoughts already. We're, yeah, we're spent. Cool. So if you want to follow us, we're at The Peasant Times on Twitter. Or you can head up thepeasanttimes.com and keep up to date with some of this insanity. And again, don't take anything for granted. Do your own due diligence. We'll uh, see you next time.